This episode of the Western Outdoor News Podcast is brought to you by Penn. Every bite on the water is just the beginning of a gear-testing battle of man versus fish. In this game, there are no ties. Since 1932, Penn has equipped saltwater anglers worldwide with gear built specifically to deliver an advantage over angry fish that's as reliable as the tide tables. Penn's new Workhorse Battle 3 spinning reel with proprietary CNC gear technology and the proven durability of an HT100 carbon fiber drag system comes in nine sizes to allow anglers to take the battle to the fish wherever they swim. Go to penfishing.com and let the battle begin. He was like, oh my God, Grant, do you know what you have on? I was like, bro, don't get me excited. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. This is Daniel here with Brad and Mike. Today we talk about anglers featured in this week's digital paper. Marsha at June Lake with an almost 12 pound brown and pending record. Not long into the fight, it broke water and I saw that it in fact was not a cutthroat. And a Dixon Lake giant caught by local angler Grant. It came up for the jump or tried the jump and that's when we knew like how big it actually was and our, like we both went silent basically. We then get into some of this week's saltwater reporting, starting with the cover shot of the Fury's 35-pound yellow taken at San Clemente Island. All right, so first things first, let's talk trout. Mike, uh, the Sierra opener was a couple weeks ago now, but what have you been seeing up there in the eastern Sierra since the uh, since the opener kicked off? Yeah, as soon as the uh, dust settled on the opener, or specifically as the wind settled in the eastern Sierra, there's been a flurry of big brown trout caught in a lot of the um, classic brown trout haunts just just in the paper alone we had a a nine four uh brown out of robinson creek up around bridgeport which um ate a panther martin we also had a twelve eleven brown caught on a trolled fly on um lower twin lakes in bridgeport which is going to kick out a lot of big ones um all year there was a they didn't have a measurement on it but it looked to be at least a 20 inch brown that came out of the east walker river on a fly. And then there was the almost 12 pound June Lake Brown that I know we're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so Daniel, tell us about this, uh, this near record. Yeah. That fish was out of June Lake. It was pending IGFA women's world-class record for six pound test at 11.97 pounds. Wow. So just under 12, Marsha was on the show and, uh, and here she is talking about her catch. We were trolling in our boat the Bach holiday, I hooked into something and it felt pretty strong. I thought it was probably a cutthroat. Not long into the fight, it broke water and I saw that it in fact was not a cutthroat. It gave a heck of a fight and took me about 30 minutes to bring them in. My husband was right there at the ready with the net. And until we pulled him out of the water, uh, we had no idea that he was a brown. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, that was a big, big hook jaw on that fish. And that was on just six-pound line. Yep, six-pound. And that, and that fish is now up for the record for a brown trout, correct? It, it is. For the female six-pound test line class. What did you guys, uh, what were you guys trolling that day? We were uh, using a Tasmanian devil. Were you guys lead core? Lead core, yep. Uh, so on your guys' evening outings like this, do you usually catch large fish doing the trolling thing? Or are you guys usually catching fish to eat? 
I know this fish, unfortunately, did die. It sounded like you had the uh, the idea of releasing it, but it just didn't happen. Yeah, we worked uh, really hard to try and revive him, almost 30 minutes. And I think combination of his age and the fight, bringing him in, just, just wore him out. Yeah, that's a lot of stress on a fish, for sure. Yeah, we, we do catch some nice-sized cutthroats, three to five to six pounds, lots of rainbows. We try to catch and release pretty much everything. So we're still waiting to hear back from the IGFA if that, in fact, is a certified record. Stay tuned to wonews.com. We'll mention it on the podcast or in Western Outdoor News, the print edition. We'll have you covered on the status of that record. On to our next topic. We're talking San Diego bass, and we're here with Mike Stevens. Mike, tell me what you've been hearing about San Diego lakes and the current spawn situation. Yeah, it's it's definitely spring in Southern California. All the San Diego city lakes are, are fishing well. Sounds like the bass are in a pre-post and in the spawn. Yeah, well, what I was getting at was um, various stages of the spawn is what you hear people say. So you got pre-spawn fish still, you have a lot of spawners and you have some post-spawners that are biting now. For the higher elevation lake, like Lake Sutherland, Sutherland is a little behind because um, they got cooler water. And I know we're going to talk about this Dixon bass. Dixon Lake is a totally different animal. You know, it's rental boats, it's clear water, it's no electronics, um, and electronic motors and the kid who caught this fish or the guy who caught this fish was fishing with another guy who pretty much knows the lake as far as bass more than anyone I know. And I've been covering the lake for seven years. And who's that? His name's James Horton. He's one of my regular sources on Dixon Lake, especially for bass. He does fish trout sometimes, but I mean, I, if there's a more accomplished bass angler there, other than the guys who were chasing Dottie, I don't know about him. Mm-hmm. And he was he was on the same boat as this guy who got the eleven seven. Yeah. Wow. Clear water, deep water, natural presentations. Yeah, and it wasn't a spawn fish either, I don't think. It was from from what they told me, and I know we're gonna get into it on the interview here, but it was on a suspending jerk bait offshore. So most you likely know, maybe it, a pre spawn fish yeah, or, up late or Yeah, or a post. And I mean it wasn't they weren't sight fishing, they weren't in the shallows. It's a great fish, though. Yeah, so let's hear it straight from Grant. You saw his photo in Western Outdoor News this week, but now let's hear it straight from Grant. It took me a while to figure out the lake since the water is so clear, you have to use very natural looking presentations there and super light line and so many things go into it there. I've been doing that for probably four years, just using light line, natural presentations, anything that looks like a, a minnow or... Anything that you can find in a lake, basically, uh, crawfish. But uh, they chase lots of ghost minnows and bluegill in that lake. So I stick to the stuff that looks like that. Working up to that day, this was my first big fish that I've ever caught there. They're so smart there. They've seen everything. The lake's open seven days a week. And the water's so clear. They see all sorts of lures all the time. So they know all the different things. And so it's really hard to get a bite that big there, but there are days where it will happen. Um, we chose to go on on last Monday, which was a frontal Monday. It was a there was a storm rolling through, so it, there was it was rainy, windy all morning. Around like 11 a.m., it cleared up. The rain went away. The wind went away. It was glassy. The skies cleared up, and we rolled up to a spot. I cast it shallow, brought it out. I was going to bring it out deep and about a little bit like 
a third of the retrieve in, I just felt like I hit a rock that started to move. Wow. And that's when I knew I was on and I've lost some big fish and I know, I know what they feel like. So right as I hooked up into it, I was crouched on crouched in the boat. Like I was low so I could keep the raw tip low and it came up for the jump or tried the jump. And that's when we knew like how big it actually was. And our, like we both went silent basically. <laughs> and then James, James, my fishing partner who I was fishing with, he fishes Dixon probably more than I do. He, he was like, oh my God, Grant, do you know what you have on? And I was like, bro, don't get me excited <laughs> because I've gotten overexcited and lost fish like that. And it's the worst, the worst feeling. What lure were you using that day? So I was using a Megabass Vision 110. And the 110 plus one, so it dives a little deeper. The lake's super deep, so you got to use something that gets down there. Mm-hmm. And it, it must have been, it's moving from where they're just finishing up spawning to post-spawn. So there's lots of hungry fish out there. And so I, kn- I know the jerk bait gets them around this time of the year. It's my go-to bait. It's like a gray and black, has lots of flash to it. It just looks like a, a regular minnow. Tell me about the catch. So you pull it up onto the boat. I, I know that you weighed it. Tell everybody about the size of this fish. <laughs> well, it looked massive out there and we got it in the net and it was like the size of the net. And when we brought it up in the boat, we were like mind blown because we've never, we've only seen fish that big in pictures or swimming in the water. We've never seen them either be caught or like in person, let alone hold them. so it was like for both of us it was an experience like we've never experienced that before yeah so you've seen people holding fish like this and now you have your photo in western outdoor news holding this is it 11.7 pound 11 pounds seven ounces yeah 11 pounds seven ounces wow congratulations that is uh i I take it that's a personal best for you right it definitely is yeah (laughs) (laughs) All right, so have you been fishing Dixon since? Have you been uh, have you been back to the lake since? We have. We have been back, but it's just the same old, like, one or two Dixon little clone bass. Mm-hmm. So, but they're still fun to catch, and it's still, I love fishing Dixon. It's a beautiful lake. So before we get into our saltwater report, we're going to run down white sea bass, we're going to run down yellowtail, but before we get to that, we wanted to talk about the San Diego Offshore Jackpot, hosted by Western Outdoor News. We have a ton of boats, some of them are already sold out. This is out of San Diego, California. We have a, a fleet of boats competing this year in the San Diego Offshore Jackpot. Daniel, tell me about some of the boats that are already sold out and where where people can sign up. So we got six boats down there out of the three landings. It looks like I got a list here. Out of HMN Landing, we have five spots left on the Daiwa Pacific. On the Excalibur out of H&M, there's 26 spots left. It looks like the Tomahawks sold out out of Fisherman's, but the Condor has 30 spots available. At a Point Loma, we have no spots on the New Loan, completely sold out, and the T-Bird has 26 spots available. So to sign up, you can head over to wonews.com. We have all the information there and links to all these landings to get signed up on one of these boats. But the prizes this year are incredible. There's there's almost too many to list. So. Yeah, huge Daiwa prize packs. We have rods, reels, Proteus, Saltiga, top of the line stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, raffles. Mm-hmm. Check out the website for that kind of stuff. 
yeah, so head over to wnews.com under Tournaments and Derbies. San Diego Offshore Jackpot is coming up June 24th and 25th in San Diego. All right, so getting to those saltwater reports, we had a beautiful shot of a yellowtail on this week's cover. Daniel, tell me about how that cover came to be and, and tell us about that shot. Yeah, Marcus Marcus Bailey over at uh, Fury Sport Fishing out of Dana Point sent me that photo. That was his crew member actually with the 35-pound fish caught at San Quentin Island. He was fishing the surface iron, it sounds like. So mm-hmm. we're definitely starting to see some surface action. They had a really good count, I believe, on Saturday. And um, the next day they had a lot of casualties but some some bigger grade fish starting to show up at the islands for sure Mm -hmm. sounds like they're kind of moving away from the rock fish in the morning and getting straight into the surface action Uh, great yeah Yeah. i know a lot of people are looking forward to the surface uh starting to open up a little bit more there was a lot of wind tell us how the wind has kind of affected uh the fishing down here in southern california well in the in the spring we seem to get quite a quite a bit of wind every spring starting in february keeps the water cold it turns the water over one week it'll be 80 the next week it'll be 60 we just saw that this last week with our weather here local but as far as it looks in the future nice weather we got a few trips coming up i know i'm leaving tomorrow or tonight on a trip heading out to the islands so yeah we'll have some reporting from that and hopefully some good fishing yeah you're heading out on the fin fetish and, yeah and depending <laughs> weather you're gonna see yeah this, see will, how... this will be the first time fishing with those guys up out of uh, marina del rey mm-hmm. uh, they fish you know up north they're fishing santa barbara san nick they'll fish catalina island not really sure what we're doing tonight but i'm looking forward to it yeah. So what are some other reports? We we had some white sea bass out of Cisco's. Uh, tell us about some of the other catches. Yeah, as we get further north, uh, we look at Cisco's and up there at the Channel Islands. Really good sea bass fishing. I believe it was Friday the 18th. And then the next day, the wind blew most of the fleet off the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were fishing the sheltered side of the islands or canceling completely. And then with the better weather, it sounds like they got on some good fish. Yeah. So. Yeah. And as, as the weather has started to get better, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to kind of into this late spring, early summer kind of time of year that we're stepping into? Oh, uh, you know, island yellowtail fishing is definitely one of my favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. I like getting out to the islands, setting up on spots, getting the chum going and getting those yellows to come up to the surface. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems like they're starting to starting to show themselves. So it's promising. Yeah, definitely. And, and big grade of fish at St. Clinton Island, mm-hmm. you know, 30 plus pound fish, surface iron. It sounds like already starting to work. We heard some accounts from the Coastal Social mm-hmm. last week about big fish on the weedless swim bait. So things are looking up. Yeah. Bring a sprung and, and start dusting off that gear. It's, it's time to start getting ready, guys. Local yellowtail. Yeah. It seems like... Every year, the Fred Hall Show is the unofficial <laughs> arrival of the white, the our white sea bass. I say our, the southern white sea bass bite. Yeah, yeah. Did we miss it? I mean, is it delayed by all this wind? It seems like by now we would have heard about, I know you were talking about the Cisco's boats, but yeah, we so haven't had much of a bite down here yet unless those guys are keeping it under yeah, wraps. I've, I've heard some few a few fish caught. Um, there's been a few fish caught under the big bait balls that those thresher sharks have been under. Mm-hmm. Um, also I've heard a little bit about, you know, a little further North up the beach, some of the divers getting them, um, well, pretty hush. Bash. Yeah. Pretty hush on all that stuff. Sea bass. That's kind of the standard with the sea bass <laughs> game, unless it's on a sport boat, then you hear about it. So right. yeah, it's hard to get any kind of info from the private boat fleet on that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. 
so you you actually touched on the the thresher uh, movement going on right now. We we keep seeing photos coming in every every week. You actually had one yourself. Talk to the people about about thresher fishing. Yeah, it seems like on uh, an early spring bite that we get here is when we get a lot of sardine, and right now we're seeing a lot of anchovy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's usually game fish around big bait balls like that, whether it's thresher shark, sea bass, yellowtail. It seems like down south, they obviously see it first as those yellowtail off the islands and they start catching the yellowtail off La Jolla and up the beach. We don't seem to get that up here in the Orange County area. There, there's definitely yellowtail around probably right now, but the thresher shark have definitely invaded the coast from San Mateo point up to Newport. I've heard reports of easy fishing on them. They're fun to catch and release fishing circle hooks. If you're looking to kill one, it's a great time of year to do it. (laughs) You know, it's, it's kind of controversial, but it's one of the only species of shark that I'll actually go out as a, uh, as an angler and meat fish for, Mm -hmm. um, one a year, you know, make sure it's a a male. If you do hook it, you know, looking for those claspers. And, um, what does that mean? So, <laughs> get into detail about the claspers. The claspers. Oh, uh, yeah. The claspers are, you know, they're right there by the anal vent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't miss them. You know, what was weird is I, uh, they were small on this fish, so mm-hmm. he was not well endowed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were small, but when I did cut the fish open, it confirmed that it was a male. I had gonads. So, okay. Get, yeah. How do, you, how do you go about targeting them specifically? Is it just a fly line deal? You mentioned circle. So you can fly line. You could slow troll for them. There's, there's various, you know, you could troll jigs. Um, oh, totally right. up to you. Um when we go to kill fish, you know, we're, we're fishing usually just, we're usually just fishing a, uh, a Rapala or like an Indian head trolling. Um, yeah. on our trip, we got out, hit the zone, saw bait on the meter, dropped them back. And within five minutes we were bit. Yeah. Yeah. We left the dock at eight 30 and had a fish by nine 15. So hey, that's the best kind of trip, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got to go get, get that fish on ice and processed and then went right into calico bass fishing. Oh, wow. Which so- is something that's starting to happen right now too on the surface. Yeah. Things are starting to heat up for calicos. So, so where, what would you be targeting right now with those calicos coming up to the surface? Just kelp beds? Yeah. uh, A lot of that fish is going to be still hovering over the hard bottom where kelp hasn't grown back here in uh, South Orange County. But there is a lot of new zones of kelp that I've noticed being out on the water. And I've already caught a few surface fish, Mm -hmm. Um, fish on the weed list, local it's happening fishing the A-rigs, fishing the hard baits around suspended, uh, you know, laid down kelp. So yeah. it sounds like a lot of stuff's happening in saltwater down here uh, in Southern California. I just wanted to add to what Daniel was saying. I noticed a lot of the Dana Wharf local boats, they're fishing pretty tight to the beach. We had a photo of the stern of one of their boats right up against the boiler rocks um, right here in Orange County. And Brian Woolley mentioned that, you know, as long as the water keeps warming up, that surface calico bite will be there mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah a lot of fun things happening right now. yeah there's a little bit of uh word of red tide starting to pop up here and there it sounds like from san diego up uh all the way to long beach i know i've seen some video of the lights at the beach mm-hmm. you know how oh it yeah glows, bioluminescence glows yeah. yeah the dinoflagellates <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's something to kind of look out for i had a report from um, a good buddy tanner running a boat out of uh dana point they fish south uh, quite a ways towards Oceanside. Mm-hmm. And they had decent fishing on the calico bass. They, they got them on the surface a little bit and did some bottom fishing. And that was just before things really started warming up local. 
So if that got you excited to hit the water, remember to sign up for the San Diego Offshore Jackpot taking place June 24th and 25th. Details and links to sign up with your landing of choice are available at wonews.com. We also have two freshwater events coming up at the second half of May here, so it's coming up quick. The Lake Havasu Striper Derby check-in is May 14th. You can sign up at wonews.com. We've got fishing Saturday and Sunday, May 15th and 16th. And the following weekend, we have a one-day bass tournament on the California Delta. This is the Strike King Big Bass Challenge. It's taking place May 22nd out of Russo's Marina. For more information on all of these events and everything that Western Outdoor News has planned, head over to wonews.com under the events tab. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Mm